Well, hey, praise the Lord, everybody. You're watching another episode of Bridging the Gap, and I'm your host, Pastor Nate Brozier. I'm so sorry. First off, I want to say this and get this out of the way. I'm sorry I've not been with you for a while, at least in the month of July. It's been a very hectic month of July, that is, from vacation to taking 34 kids to camp to just preaching a revival this past weekend. And so, hey, I'm here now, and and I do apologize because I'm, I'm, I'm really... I like to create, you know, some organization and some order. I like to do them every two weeks. So that way, you know, you have something to look forward to. If you, even if you don't look forward to these, they are available every two weeks. And so, but hey, I want to get started. And I do want to just say, I want, I'm sorry for that. But hey, if you have, if you will go ahead and share this uh, particular podcast to your social media outlet, um, whatever that may be. There's so many options that you have today. Uh, you can watch this podcast on YouTube, my YouTube page under Pastor Nate 2011. Uh, you can also look this or listen to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I mean, they're everywhere. Amazon Prime has these particular podcasts going as well. But hey, without further ado, I want to get started on today's topic. I'm not going to take much of your time, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes the max. And uh, and I just want to talk to you about something that's been in my spirit for a little bit, uh, identity crisis, how we're suffering in our world today with who we are. I don't know who I am. I don't know who I'm called to be or where I'm called to go. And so we have this identity crisis because we don't know who we are, even in Christ Jesus. And so today I prayerfully believe this will be a blessing to you. Hopefully get some things situated in your mind that you'll begin to see yourselves in the image of God and his likeness and who he's called you to be. So let's look at Malachi 2, if we will. Malachi 2, verse 10. And it reads this way. He said to him, this is the small prophet or the minor prophet. Are we not all children of the same father? Are we not all created? by the same God. And I'm going to stop right there because this particular statement is come from a place of questioning, like because of everything that was going on during that time. But the, the question was, is are we not all children of the same father? Are we not all created by the same God? Because, you know, there's so much turmoil in our country right now, in our world in general, in our families, in our churches, shall I say. There's so much division between our brothers and our sisters in Christ, our brothers and our sisters from other countries, partnering countries, uh, sister countries together. There's so much division. And so we don't really identify who we are. So we have a crisis right now. We have these things in our United States here. Now, you may be watching from another country, but here in the United States, we have such division of of, of what line you stand on. Are you Republican? Are you Democrat? Are you pro-life? Are you pro-choice? I mean, and then it goes throughout. There's always a division between ourselves. And so God has not been the author of confusion, but he's been the God who is the author of order. God never operates in chaos. He operates in order. And so what we see going on in our country right now, and even in our own minds and in our own selves, we we see conflict. We see turmoil arising in our minds, 
of who we are, what we are, who we think we are, or who, who everybody else thinks I am to be. And sometimes we begin to believe lies. We begin to believe things that aren't true. We begin to believe things that people have said about us and have spoken over our lives. And we begin to clarify that in our mind as that is truth. And that is unwavering statement that that is the gospel, so to speak. And I'm here to tell you today, we need to begin to identify who God called us to be. We must identify who, number one, is our creator and who is our father. Look at Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. It says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Number one, first off, God knew what he was doing. God created male and female, number one, to procreate. Uh, God created us in his image and his likeness. I'm going to talk about those two things today. Image, number one, he created in himself what, how he saw himself as a creator in creating things. Image, his likeness is, is simply his characteristics, which really is more to do with his creator being. Uh, creative being, that is. And so if he created in his, in his image, his, his, the physical attributes were like him, and then he created us in his likeness, which his authority, dominion, and his characteristics were driven, then why aren't we operating in those areas? Well, you can sit here and evaluate that thought process and say, well, aren't we? Aren't we procreating? Aren't we setting laws into place? Uh, I mean, every country that is listening to this right now has laws that have been put into place. Uh, this is why we have governors. This is why we have senators. This is why we have our, our United States congressmen doing what they're doing, making laws so that you and I shall function better. Now, some, some would debate that they're, they're making some laws that are not helping us, but that's for another time, another podcast, not this podcast. But I'm here to tell you that God has called us to create things. He's called us to set laws. He's called us to have dominion and authority on this earth. He's caused us to replenish the earth. I believe in Genesis says to replenish or go and multiply, subdue the earth means simply just to have control over chaos uh, and to uh, replenish the earth, have children multiply, you know, do this and continue to replenish the earth by by, by creating order in the midst of chaos. Now, if we decided that we're going to stop, all the farmers decided they're just going to stop planting corn or beans or whatever they decide to plant in their, in their, in their crops, then guess what? We're in for a world of hurting. You know what we're not doing? We're not replenishing the earth, but we have to replenish the earth. So we're seeing that. And thank you farmers that are listening out there right now for helping us replenish this earth by what you're doing, by constantly allowing food to grow for us. I mean, at least I can say that for myself. But we're called to do some certain things. We're called to, number one, be like Christ, be like God in his characteristics and have dominion over this earth. What we're seeing today in the church is that we're having an identity crisis. We don't know who we are. 
We don't know who we are even in Christ Jesus. Well, you would venture to say that if anybody knows, it would be the church, right? The church should know where they're going, what they're doing, what they're calling to do, called to do. But right now we have church in conflict with each other. We have churches trying to debate that what God's saying, the validity of even God's word. They're, they're checking and trying to evaluate that maybe God didn't mean this. We're having an identity crisis even in the church today. We're not sure what God's word, what is, what is inspired, breathed upon by the Holy Spirit, or was that just some man saying Throughout all of history, we've had heresy, we've had negativities come against the word of God to try to debunk the validity of the word of the Lord. We've had this, this particular upbringing that of docetism, which, which simply means that there was a group of heresies or heretics that believed that God couldn't, or Jesus Christ was not all man, that he was all God when he was on the cross, because there's no man that could have suffered what he suffered. So they begin to, from day one, not a hundred years later, from day one, they begin to question the validity of the word of the Lord. They begin to question that if he was all man or he had to be all God because no man could endure the suffering and the pain that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, suffered on the cross of Calvary, that where me and you now have redemption through the blood of the lamb that where me and you now are saved by his grace and his grace alone they try to debunk that and begin to question the validity of him even being all god and all man they tried to just say he was all god and so we have issues going throughout history of time that tries to debunk the very thing so we've always had an identity crisis even in the body of Christ. Today, I hate to say it like this because I know it's a, it's a legit issue with so many. Uh, years ago, it was called gender dysphoria, but yet today we're, we are having an issue with, we're accepting now something that was is not an order, now normal, or this is the normal. This is order, technically. So if you identify yourself, if you're, you're born as a male, and you identify yourself as a female, now you, we have to accept this. We have an identity crisis right now in our country and even in our churches. And I want to talk more on the lines of the churches because we can always point fingers at the world. But listen, church, we don't know who we are. We don't know who we are in Christ Jesus. We don't know really our very purpose on this earth, unfortunately. We just seem to be going through the motions. You know, there's not a day that doesn't go by. I drive around our city. Now, I don't drive around our city every day, but there's days that go by. I play disc golf a lot. And I like to just sometimes go around our areas, just our, our, our wall, so to speak, of Delaware County, and just look around. And you know, what never fails me is that I see hundreds of churches in this city. I see hundreds upon hundreds. Now there's sometimes you can go even in these small little communities, these small little areas, and you may see two or three or four or five churches just in the community, every other block. And I wonder to myself, if the church was truly fully functioning at what God's called us to do, 
then every church should be packed on Sunday morning. Question is, why aren't we? Why is it there are some churches that only run five or ten people? Why is it that there's some churches that do flourish and have hundreds of people? And there's other churches that, you know, one here locally that runs over a thousand people in their church services on Sunday out of one of their three or four services uh, total combined. Why is it that we have some churches that we look at and like they're flourishing? But the question is, are any of us really flourishing? Is the number of the people that come to your church a definition or does that define that your church is flourishing? Answer that question. Is that the definition of a flourishing church? Or are we seeing lives being transformed, renewed? Are we being that helping hand to those who need a helping hand? Are we being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ? Are we just coming to church, man? Are we just doing our normal routine Sunday mornings. I, I make jokes here recently because we always say, who, who start? Well, I have personally said this. Uh, who has started the 10 o'clock hour as being God's holy hour? You know what happened is man said, hey, that seems like a great time. 10 o'clock. Let's do 10 o'clock. It's probably a selfish reason that we created that as 10 o'clock. I can sleep in just a little bit, eat breakfast, go to church. And then afterwards, have lunch and then have the rest of my day to myself. It's more of a selfish perspective, I would venture to say, is why we have a 10 o'clock service or even a 1030 or 11 o'clock, whatever your church service does. But the question is, I want to ask, why is that all God's created us to be? Availability just to come to church and maybe hear three songs, hear, hear the announcements for the week. Here, maybe a 30, 40 minute message, uh, uh, then a, a dismissal prayer, and then we're out. Is that what God created the church to be? Is that what Christ intended for the church to be? Listen, church, we have an identity crisis right now. We don't know what God's called us to do. We're not even sure what God's called us to be. And here's who he's called us to be. Let me remind you. He told us to go into the highways and hedges and compel them. Do what you got to do to bring them in to the house of God, to bring them in to the kingdom of God, bring them in to the kingdom of heaven so that they may find eternal salvation through Jesus Christ. But what we're doing is we're just going through the routines. Well, Dare I say, some of us have maybe even said this comment. Oh God, don't, don't send me any letters if you say that, well, it was me, because I don't need to know that. That we've said in the churches, and if they did not sing our favorite song, we didn't worship. Oh, glory to God, my God, not I. Would you be the one that we, we just come through our service and a bishop talked about, or your pastor talked about a particular topic that was a little offensive to your sin that you struggle with, that you turn off what he's saying? Dare I say we've done that? Dare I say I've done that? Dare we say you've done that? Now, this is where we have an identity crisis. We don't want to validate. We don't want to accept God's word 
as being the unadulterable, never changing, never failing word of God. We have to believe that God's word is spoken, number one, that me and you shall know how to live a holy and righteous life. That you and I, me and you, may understand through the word of God how to guide our steps, lead our family, lead our own life, lead our own selves, and lead others that we may be more like Christ. Kind of goes back to the beginning of this. He created man in his image and likeness. Now, if you're not portraying Christ in your actions, your attitudes, your walk, your talk, then we have an identity crisis. If you're just trying to fit in with the world, you have an identity crisis. We have an identity crisis. If you're trying to be something that you're not called to be, then my friend, we are having an identity crisis. But how do we, now the question may arise, how do we know who we are? How do I begin to know what God's purpose is for me in my life? Well, first off, we need to get back down in our word of the Lord. We need to get back into the word of the Lord. We begin to dig into that thing. We begin to see ourselves. We begin to look at ourselves. We begin to judge ourselves. And sometimes it's not always fun. Sometimes it's not always easy to swallow that pill. When you see in the word of the Lord where it says things like, be separate, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the way I think about things has to be transformed. Now, in order for me to do that, I have to understand that I have an identity crisis. And I trust me, listen, this is not an easy, easy particular topic to talk about, but I want you to understand something. If God has called you to do great and mighty things, do you think he's going to keep you at a stage of mediocrity? If he's called you to do great and mighty things, do you think he's... He's going to have you just do this normal, just enough, the ritual, the routines. Now, listen, I'm talking to the church right now. If God has called the church to do what? Look what he says to Peter. He says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, what I see, I don't know about you, but what I see in the churches today, it appears that the gates of hell are prevailing against it. Well, what do you mean, Pastor Nate? Listen, we are twisting the word of God. We're making it say things that it's not saying. We are, we are trying to add to it even when God forbid that. But we are trying to make it say something to fit our own comfortability. Listen, I'm hard. I hate to say it like this. I hate to, if you feel like this is a hateful speech, come on, get over yourself. Get over yourself. That is, sorry, that's my statement to my own self. When I'm going through something that I don't agree with God, I have to tell myself, Nathan, get over yourself. It's not about you. It's not that deep. This is about God. And if he's created me in his image and his likeness, then guess what? There's some things that I've got to prune. I've got to cut off. I've got to let go. I've got to cleanse my mind, transform it, renew it. Listen, I can't just allow everything to come in 
to my life and say, well, God, stamp it, stamp your approval on it. Listen, it doesn't work like that. God has created you in his image and in his likeness. And we need to get back to understanding this. We need to get back to addressing this identity crisis that we're struggling with. And I just want to pray for you right now. It's sorry I've went 20 minutes. I apologize. But I was just feeling this for a little bit there. But I want to pray for you. If you feel like you're in that stuck rut and you feel like God's got more for you, listen, I want you right now to make it up in your mind and tell yourself that I'm no longer going to stay this way. I'm no longer going to be a slave to sin. I'm no longer going to be a, a puppet of the enemy, not another day. And so I want to pray, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for this listener that is listening right now, that is struggling, God. Lord, you said you sent not your son into this world to condemn the world, but that the world through you might be saved. Lord, I'm not speaking these words to make condemnation fall upon people, to make them feel bad about themselves. But God, sometimes we just need to see ourselves in the mirror of how you see us. You said you sent not your son into this world to condemn it, but the world through it, through you, might be saved. So Lord, I'm trying to get people closer to Jesus. And Lord, if th this person is watching or listening right now and they feel so far away, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to say this prayer with me. And this is how I want you to say it. Father, I am a sinner. And I accept your son, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and Savior. Cleanse me from all my wrong. Because I know what you did upon the cross of Calvary was meant for me, for the cleansing of my unrighteousness, the cleansing of my sin. And I accept you now as my Lord. And from this day forward, I am going to follow after your word, whether it's comfortable or uncomfortable. It doesn't matter. I come to serve you. And I believe that you will direct my path because in your word, it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so listen, if you prayed that prayer right there, I believe wholeheartedly that you're on the right track. God is beginning to turn some things around for you. So God bless you. Hey, till next time, I'll see you again on Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, Pastor Nate. God bless you. Have a safe week.